welcome to Board Games or Board Games, a podcast where my husband tries to keep my attention long enough to play board games, and then I make him record podcasts about it. I'm Nina. I'm Philip. And uh, basically, I think board games are okay, but I'm not very good at them. So we are using this as a way to get us to play all of the board games that have been sitting on our shelf for a long time. And it's uh, another way uh, for us to have something to do together. And also, I just want to put something out there for other people who are not super into board games and want to know if certain board games are good or too complicated or take as long as they say on the box or perhaps longer. So Philip is going to be telling you about the board games and then I'll be telling you if uh, they're good or not. This week, we actually played two games. It was a bit of a crazy week for us here with our our jobs and um, quarantining our children and politics. And so we decided to keep it light and play a couple of games that are a little bit shorter and simpler. So the first one we played was Patchwork. Philip, tell us about Patchwork. Uh, Patchwork is a game that was first published in 2014 by Lookout Games. It's designed by Uwe Rosenberg uh, with art by Clemens Franz. It's for two players only, and it plays in about 20 or 30 minutes or so. Uh, In Patchwork, uh, you'll compete to create the most beautiful patchwork quilt by filling a 9x9 grid with uh, some oddly shaped cardboard patches. Uh, At the game start, the patches are sorted out in a circle randomly, And when it's your turn, you get the option of purchasing one of the next three patches, if you can afford them. Or you can move your player marker past your opponents and collect uh, some buttons. Uh, Each action is going to move your marker forward, and there's only so many spaces each player can move before the game ends. Uh, The patches, meanwhile, will have these odd Tetris shapes, and some of them will have buttons on them. Having buttons on your quilt is important because they'll generate button tokens, which are used to buy patches and are also used as the victory points at the end of the game. Once both players have no more actions left to take, you'll determine your score by counting up your buttons and subtracting the number of empty spaces on your grid from that number. And that's it. (laughs) (laughs) So um, this is a competitive game, obviously, and on the box it says 30 minutes, so Whenever we do this podcast, I'm going to uh, time how long it actually takes for those of you out there who are like me and don't trust the box because it always seems to take longer than it says. So we had not played this game before. You hadn't played it either, right? Mm-hmm. No. Yeah. Um, it it only took really about you know five minutes to actually set up and read the instructions. It's really pretty simple. It is basically quilt Tetris, but it did it took about forty minutes for us to play all the way through it. So it's not too far off the thirty minute box thing that says what's the word for that (laughs) playtime yeah playtime i thought it was pretty it was pretty easy it was pretty fun i actually bought this game for my mother and her husband i don't know if they've actually played it but it's something that i think they could also play which means that i can play it (laughs) um and i think it's it's simple enough that we'll all remember how to play it so uh, if we play it again it'll be a quick you know setup and we won't have to really reread the instructions the final score for our first game was philip had 19 points and i had 28 points so as you can imagine this is my favorite game in the world because i won Uh, it it was pretty fun and let me see what did you like about it yeah i i thought it was very approachable um and it was simple, like you said, but not like 
simple to the point of like playing Candyland or something. Like the decisions were like obvious, but still interesting. And sometimes you had to struggle over what the best play was. I think it's a game that you can definitely play several times. Like it's, you know, it's, I, I don't know if it's up there with like something like chess where people just play it over and over and over, but it doesn't seem to me like it would get old very fast. A, a large part of that's just because the game is pretty quick. One of the things I had written down was like, uh, you know, when you talk about replayability, sometimes one of the things that makes a game replayable for me is that you might want to pursue a strategy. And I don't know if you can really do that. You know, when you talk about strategy being something like a plan at the beginning of the game, because I think with this type of game, you're just trying to make the best decision each time you have a turn. You can't really have a certain technique that you want to follow you just have to make the best decision each time I, I did notice that um as we started playing philip started at the edges of the quilt and was kind of trying to keep those straight lines as he went whereas i started in the middle i don't know if this says something about our personalities but i started in the middle with a, a weird shape and then i just kept picking the weird shapes and um putting them wherever i could so i don't know if it helped that i wasn't as worried about those blank spaces at the end I think uh once you get into it you realize that you're never not going to have some blank spaces at the end you can't really fill in the quilt 100% so that might be hard if you're somewhat of a perfectionist um to play this game because you'll never really finish that that Tetris puzzle probably not no but I did I found it to be pretty um just a chill game you just it's just pretty relaxing and that the art is nice I liked that there that there were different ways to go about it and I didn't feel wrong and that I was doing it differently than Philip because a lot of times with strategy games uh, if I see other people doing something that I'm not doing I feel like I'm doing it wrong because I usually lose and I didn't feel that that way about this game which was nice Um, my one bad note my one sour note for this game was that some of the pieces didn't fit exactly together so you had to kind of cram them if it was like one square that went between two other squares. Yeah. And some of the things for components are, they're fine. Like I, I don't remember how much this game was. I, I'd be surprised if it was more than $25. Um, you can probably get on the Amazon for 20 if I was guessing, but the components aren't great, um, but they're not bad. So I bet if you played it a lot, eventually the cardboard pieces would probably stop having that problem just by virtue of being kind of worn down maybe, but yeah. Yeah. And this game is, only for two players, um, and it is good for two players. I thought it, it was a nice kind of simple, fun two-player game. So our um, rating system that we're using is, I talked about it last time, but we, we based it on another podcast, uh, The Weekly Planet, and they do movies and comic books, but they do worst movie ever or best movie ever, and you only get to choose between those two. And so... My rating for this one is definitely best game ever. What do you think, Philip? Yeah, same here, definitely. Best game ever. And actually, real quick, before we finish talking about Patchwork, I'll just... Um, Uwe Rosenberg's a really well-known game designer, and Patchwork, I believe, is the first time he started using this whole uh, kind of Tetris grid mechanic, and he has a lot of other games that followed that that are I think most of them are more complex uh, one that I'm familiar with is called Feast for Odin and that's just like one aspect of the larger game but he definitely likes the whole uh, the grid 
filling in a grid with weird geometric shapes mechanics. So if you enjoy that part, you can kind of find more games that he did and um, that are probably going to be a little different and try those too. All right, moving on. <laughs> the second game we played was King Domino. So Philip, tell us about King Domino. Uh, King Domino is a game that was first published in 2016 by Blue Orange Games. It was designed by Bruno Cathala with art by Cyril Bouquet. It's for two to four players and it plays in about 15 minutes or so. In King Domino, each player is a lord seeking new lands to expand their kingdom. You'll compete with the other players to pick the best lands and place them in the most efficient manner. Um, King Domino is basically dominoes with some rule changes and a kingdom building theme. So each round, four dominoes are laid out and players take their turns uh, picking from them until they're all spoken for. Once that's done, you'll take the tile that you chose and place it in your kingdom following the usual rules for dominoes, except instead of numbers, each of the tiles will have at least one terrain type. Uh, there's uh, five different terrain types, I think. At least one part of the domino has to touch a matching terrain type, but if it's one of the first ones you place, uh, your your kingdom starts with a castle in the middle that's kind of a wild square, so any terrain type can go against it. And you're going to repeat this process until you've drafted enough tiles to fill a 5x5 five five grid, and you might not have successfully filled the 5x5 five five grid, but you will have drafted enough tiles to have done so. The dominoes can have crown icons on them, and when the game is finished, your scoring is done by counting up the number of contigu contiguous terrain types you have. You take that number and then you multiply it by the number of crowns that are in that little section and then you add that all up through for your entire kingdom and that's your final score yeah <laughs> so on the time frame um this was our first time playing this one as well and it probably took about 10 minutes to set it up and read the instructions so again not a super long time to set up. It's not super complicated of a game, really. It's kind of just playing dominoes with yourself. It says 15 minutes on the box, and it probably did take us about 15 minutes to play. It's pretty quick, yeah. especially, I think, with two players. Yeah. I will say there's the the dominoes, or whatever you want to call them, are, are numbered, and the higher numbers are have tend to have more crowns, but are there's less of them in the deck allegedly, um, when we started playing. And in reality. <laughs> in reality. Okay. Philip did go for those more so, valuable. Yeah, they're, they're more valuable, but there's fewer of them, so they're more difficult to place in theory. Um, in theory. That didn't really happen for us. Yeah, that didn't seem to be an issue. <laughs> that might be a product of, it, of us having two players. And I went for the... Um, ones that had more spaces because I thought it would be easier for me to create those continuous uh, terrains. And so how that worked out for me was uh, the final score was Philip had 64 points and I had 36. So not great. <laughs> However, we both did agree that my map was prettier. Mm -hmm. It looked better because I had a cool water monster. The, the valuable tiles are like underground mines and bogs for some reason yeah so mine had sheep and water monsters so i was pretty happy with that even though i lost <laughs> i did one note that i did make um after we played was in all caps i thought i was doing good <laughs> because i really thought i was doing a good job because <laughs> i had all my 
my terrains were in the right places. I just didn't have enough crowns, I guess. I will say, I think we both agreed that this game, although it says two to four players, it, it honestly doesn't play that well for two players. Um, yeah, it, it, it definitely supports two players, but it's, and we haven't played it with any, that was our first and only time to play it, but it does seem like it would be better with four. Yeah, it, because when you pull out four dominoes and you're each taking two each round, it just, I don't know if it's just oversimplified or or what. I, I just feel like it would probably work better with three or four players. Yeah, and like I said, I don't think I'd be able to have done what I did with just choosing the hard-to-play styles if it was four people playing. Yeah, there'd be more competition for those because I wasn't really competing with you for those because I just chose sheep. <laughs> I did really like the art, though. It is really pretty. Yeah. Like I said, I felt like my, my map at the end was just uh, nice looking, at least. Anything else you, you liked about it? You know, it's very approachable, just like patchwork. Um, and I, I like games like that. I thought the art was nice, too. The coloring's really good. Um, just really bright, vibrant colors, for the most part. Apart from the, the valuable tiles, pretty quick to get going. And I think it's an easy game for people that you know, aren't really heavy into board games that could definitely start playing that without too much uh, problem. Yeah, I'm obviously not, I'm not super into board games or rather I don't, I haven't played a lot of the really complicated ones, but even this one was honestly almost too simple for me even, or maybe it was just that it was too quick. I think if, if you were building a, a slightly larger map and you had more rounds, then I might've liked it a little bit more, but it was kind of, it was over by the time you kind of figured out what you were doing or had a tactic to to go with yeah yeah i'd say whereas with patchwork i mean they're kind of similar in terms of uh the complexity but with patchwork you know i said i think replayability is pretty high with this one with that one i'm not sure about king domino having only played it once and only with two players i don't think i'm in a position to really grade it very well but the decisions seem like they aren't as interesting as they were in patchwork so i don't know how many times i'd want to play this uh, certainly with just two players at least so for our best game ever worst game ever rating what would you give it i would just on the positive side and maybe you're not even supposed to say that but <laughs> just just slightly to uh, best game ever yeah i think i would say best game ever too with some hesitation but knowing that it would probably be better with more people, kind of giving it the benefit of the doubt. Yeah. Didn't really talk about components at all. Um, I don't think I'd want to pay the extra money that it would cost, but I wonder if I would have liked the game a little bit better if the little tiles were actually uh, dominoes. Uh, might be just a little bit more tactile, you know. But, Do they have uh, a version where they're... Not that I'm familiar with. Oh, okay. I was like, oh, that's But I'm just saying if they did have dominoes, they would cost more, so... Right but this game's very cheap, and so it's it's a good value for what you get. Yeah, so that's King Domino. So for each uh, podcast, we are bringing you a bonus segment, which I didn't mention um, this to Philip today or remind him about it, so <laughs> this is on me. <laughs> mm-hmm. um, but we do have two, two kids, one is six and one is two, and so we do have a decent amount of games for kids and we may do other things with this bonus segment segment later in the future but for right now we're kind of focusing on the games for kids so if you have kids and you're not aware of a whole lot of of games um we can give you some recommendations and or 
things to stay away from. So this week, I'm going to talk a little bit about Pup Racers, the Paw Patrol edition. (laughs) If you don't know what Pup Racers is, it's basically a game where you put two uh, puppies on a track and you push a really loud button over and over again as fast as you can. And they're supposed to somehow get these balls at the end and bring them over to their side of the fence. So it's a little competitive game for toddlers. It's two-player hungry, hungry hippos. Yeah, kind of. And basically my thoughts on it are it's dumb and it sucks. (laughs) Our children don't agree. Our children love it. I wanted, also wanted to rant about this one a little bit specifically, uh, the Paw Patrol edition, because it does not fit into the box. And so every time you play it, you basically have to do a complicated 3D puzzle in order to put it away, which is very annoying. So if you do get Pup Racers, we would recommend not the Paw Patrol edition or get a box, I guess. Also, whenever you have to put it together, one of the main parts of it is a very thin piece of cardboard that for us is worn down to where it like falls out while you're playing. Yeah, and that that's the back piece that keeps the balls where they're supposed to be. So if once that doesn't work anymore, the game's basically dead. Rating on this one would be worst game ever. Um, however, our, our two out of two kids love it. So I guess our household is somewhat tied on this one. <laughs> but mostly I just wanted to bitch about the box. So that's my rant on that one. And that is our bonus segment for today. Anything you want to add? No, that sums it up. <laughs> okay, well, hopefully we'll have more uh, good kid games in the future. But that will do it us for today so thank you for listening and we will talk to you next time (laughs) bye